You're listening to Flaunt, Find Your Sparkle and Create a Life You Love After Infidelity or Betrayal. Have you been betrayed by life, your body, or someone that you love? You're not alone. No matter what you've been through, Naked Self-Worth helps you regain confidence, joy, and enthusiasm so you can create a life you love and flourish. Tune in weekly and learn how. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Have you been struggling lately? Relationship issues impact every area of your life. When I found out about my husband's infidelity, I was so devastated. I could barely function. Sleeping was impossible because I couldn't shut off my brain. Eating was a challenge because I felt nauseous all the time. And for the first month or so, everything felt pointless. Whether you're having trouble sleeping, feeling hopeless, or just can't focus, BetterHelp is here to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help. You can talk to your therapist in a private, online environment at your convenience. There's a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000-plus therapist network that gives you access to help that might not be available in your area. Just fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you'll be matched with a therapist in under 24 hours. Then you can schedule secure video and phone sessions. Plus, you can exchange unlimited messages, and everything you share is completely confidential. I know that confidentiality was important for me, especially early on when I couldn't even get my own mind wrapped around what was happening. And it was so comforting to be able to speak with someone candidly about everything I was going through, to validate that what I was feeling and experiencing was completely normal. You can request a new therapist at no additional charge anytime. Join the 2 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Special offer to flaunt, create a life you love after infidelity and betrayal listeners. You get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash flaunt. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash flaunt, F-L-A-U-N-T. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. Are you looking for a great way to make new connections and spread your wings? Revel is a new kind of social platform exclusively for women over 40, where you can do just that. With virtual and in real life events, authentic conversations, and no ads, Revel is the community site exclusively designed for like-minded, fabulous, fun women in midlife. Learn more and join for free at HelloRevel slash flaunt. That's hello, R-E-V is in Victor, E-L, dot com slash flaunt. Come join us. It's nourishing and super fun. Hello and welcome to Flaunt. Find your sparkle and create a life you love after infidelity or betrayal. I'm Laura Cheadle and I work with women who have been betrayed. I work with women who have been betrayed by their intimate partner and who feel completely devastated, at a loss, broken, and like their entire view of who they are and what life is supposed to be about has been completely upended. But instead of giving up and rolling over, They are determined to make something of their situation. They are determined to find the happiness that they deserve, the relationships that they deserve, to recreate their identity and to build a life that's the kind of life that they have wanted and that they have deserved all along. So even If right now you feel like you are too broken to move on, even if your partner is absolutely not cooperating and you feel like you're not getting the closure that you need, 
even if you look to the future and you just can't imagine it, you are in the right place. Because together, we're going to pick up the pieces and we're going to rebuild yourself in a whole new way, in a way that's more authentic to who you are and to everything that you want to be. So if this sounds like you, welcome. You are in the right place. And I am so glad you came. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about shadow work. And if you're anything like me and most of the women that I coach, while we might be all familiar with the term, while we might have heard, oh, about shadow work and that it's important and face your shadow and yada, 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 you don't really exactly know what it is or what it means to do the work or why it's important. Because unless we understand why something is important and what it's going to get us, then why would we do it? Why would we bother? Alrighty then, in a nutshell, shadow work is looking at the dark side of things. It's looking at some of the stuff that is hidden in our psyche, in our behaviors, in the way we view life and address the world. Now, before we go any deeper into that, I want to stop and say, I am not a therapist. I am a coach. And there's a difference between therapy and coaching. And I'll go into that right now. Coaching tends to go to the past where you can dig around and figure out things like, you know, your attachment style and the impact that trauma may have had on you. It's where you talk and you go back into the past and you start figuring some things out. And now, while I am a huge proponent of therapy, and while I think good therapists can really change the world, talk therapy is a long, slow, time-consuming and sometimes painful process. Coaching, on the other hand, is forward-leaning. Coaching takes you to that next place that you want to be. Yes, coaching takes the past into consideration, but it's really focused on what are your most immediate next steps? What do you want? And what is it going to take to get you there? And yes, sometimes that can include, I got to look to my past. I had a significant trauma or something really happened in my life. And yes, I do need to look to the past. But in coaching, we look to the past to inform the future. We look to the past to inform what's going on. So when you hear me say, we're going to do shadow work, and it's about those unseen or hidden parts of our personality that might not be the best, what you might be thinking is, oh, that's digging into my childhood. And I don't really want to go there. And while maybe that can be a part of it, that's not really what shadow work is. The way I do shadow work, the way I view shadow work is more in the present moment. More in our behaviors, our knee-jerk reactions, the filters through which we see the world. And when we come to terms and get really honest about what some of those shadow behaviors and shadow beliefs really are, then that's when the way we act and react and respond and live our lives changes. That's when the way our emotions change, our perceptions change. And that's when life gets really, really, really good. So that is what I'm talking about when I talk about shadow work. 
And that's what we're going to go through today. So if you're thinking, yeah, that sounds good. I want some of that shadow work. Perfect. I'm going to guide you through some of that today. All right. Think about what a shadow is. If there's a big, beautiful monument or tree or anything, it's going to cast a shadow when it is hit by the sun at a certain angle. And depending on where the sun is in the sky, that shadow can be a little teeny tiny one, or it can be huge. It can be so much bigger than the thing itself. And that is exactly how our emotional shadows can be as well. Sometimes they're so small, they hardly make a difference in our life. And sometimes they are so big, they literally eclipse out all of our good parts. Okay, so let's talk about a very common shadow. It's one that I myself struggle with quite often, (laughs) more often than I care to admit, actually. And that's the shadow of being a helper, of helping others, of being supportive. Okay, while on the surface, it might sound really, really good to say, I'm a helper, I care about others, and I take care of them, and I do whatever is necessary to make them happy and to make them feel good. That can sound positive, right? But not when it's done to an extreme or to a toxic level. And that's what makes um, shadows and shadow work so difficult is oftentimes a shadow comes from our best traits, from our best behaviors, from the things in us that make us so proud about ourselves and who we are and what we do. I was always really proud that I could make other people happy, that I can come in with my sunshiny personality and I could perk up the whole room and I could get people feeling happy and positive. I was a cheerleader. And that's my good trait. But the shadow side of that is, I mean, there's the whole martyr when you're doing it and you're hurting yourself and you're not really doing it from good, kind, loving energy, but you're doing it from that place of martyrdom. That's one potential shadow side of being a helper, which yes, I was. Oftentimes, my husband traveled for work. I am a former corporate attorney. And I left work shortly after I had my second child, just because there was so much going on. And at the time, I had three grandparents who were really going through the end of life process. My husband traveled half time. Daycare was just a patchwork and it was a mess. And I left. And I left because I wanted to, because I wanted to support my family, because I wanted to be there for my kids and for my husband, because it was really difficult and it wasn't coming together. I left for a whole variety of reasons. Yes, there was some disappointment around my line of work too, but I left with the intention that I was going to support everybody emotionally, that I was going to pick up all the emotional, you know, burdens at home. And I did. But some days I was really doing it from a place of happiness, from a place of service, from a place of togetherness. And then other days I was kind of grouchy about it. And the thing is, a shadow is more than just having a grouchy bad day or getting tired of doing something. A shadow is where you really start getting into your head about it. Like, does he even appreciate what I'm doing? I'm going to make myself appear to be struggling a little bit more. So he really knows how difficult it is. It's that slight twist of the knife. That slight manipulation. Or when he would have a conference in a great city and would say, do you want to get, you know, a babysitter for the kids and come join me? 
where inside I would think, yeah, I really, really do. There was also a piece of me that sometimes, and this is hard to admit, but sometimes it'd be like, no, I can't be gallivanting off. We've got kids. We've got animals. We have obligations. Am I the only adult here? No, I can't go to that really cool conference in California. I have to take care of everybody. What are you thinking asking me? And while all of that might be true, do you see that bitterness that's creeping in? Do you see how I was covering a lot of different things? I was covering fear. Fear that maybe we couldn't afford it. Fear of leaving my kids with somebody else. Fear that he wasn't understanding my journey, that he wasn't appreciating me enough. And that zeroes right on in that I was not worthy. That what I was doing was not valuable and I was worried that what I was doing was not valuable. And I was so worried that what I was doing was not valuable and that who I was was not enough. That I would layer on some of that martyr behavior that I'm the only responsible one. You go ahead and do everything and I will hold down the fort and I will take care of things. And yes, on the surface, who did that hurt? Me. What did it hurt? Him and our marriage and maybe even our kids because I really wasn't showing up all the time the way that I wanted to show up. But go even deeper. That's about a shadow of me not being worthy. Now, can that shadow be traced back to my childhood? Sure, maybe. Is that something that I could explore in therapy? Sure, maybe. But what shadow work and coaching is all about is figuring out in the now, what is it that you're doing? If you want to figure out why, that's fine. But right now, today, what are you doing? How is that shadow impacting your happiness, your relationships, and your life right now? Here's another example of a shadow that I actually just saw for the very first time today. I'm 53. I'm five years past D-Day. And I just saw this today. Are you curious? Oh, you should be. (laughs) I was listening to a course on boundaries. Because boundaries are so vitally important. And they were talking about boundaries and anger. And I have always seen boundaries in terms of my boundaries. My boundaries, things that I have to set and that I have to hold so other people won't encroach upon my boundaries. So when they're talking about boundaries and anger, I'm thinking about times when other people are angry and whether they're angry at me or just angry around me in my presence, I don't like being around anger. Being around anger upsets me. It makes me feel bad. It scares me. So I'm always thinking about boundaries kind of in that defensive posture. Well, today for the very first time, it hit me. When other people are angry, whether it's my husband being angry or my kids being angry or just somebody else in my world being angry, My reaction is to lean in so I can fix it, so I can take care of it, so I can make things better. And that my whole life, I was encroaching on other people's boundaries. That sometimes when people are angry, they want to push me out because they need a boundary for their well-being and that all of my well-meaning oh come here let's talk let's walk we'll figure it out tell me what's going on all of my leaning in was really a violation of their boundaries and that I was the problem that I was the problem 
I was the encroacher and I was doing harm. Now that's a shadow. And boy, did that hit me. Because here's the truth. We all like to see ourselves as good, as right, as kind and generous. And the we are the good people and that other people are the problems. And that even when we do something wrong, our wrongdoing is just kind of minimal because really we have a good heart and people should see where we're coming from. And that's where we get into trouble. It's so easy for us to see other people's shadows. It's so easy to see everybody else from our point of view and to see the world from our point of view. When you think about the old negatives, a negative is like the reverse image of the picture that's printed. What's dark is light. What's light is dark. That's what shadow work is. It's that negative, not negative, but that reverse image, that negative image that looks like a film negative. It's everything that you think it is, but it's just the opposite. That which you think is good can be a shadow. And that that you think is a shadow can be good. You see, I always thought my husband had an anger issue. And whether he does or doesn't isn't the point. What's the point is that from my perspective, from my point of view, he was the one with the problem. And I was the long-suffering wife. He was the one that blew his stack and I was the one with endless patience. Now you tell me who is good and who is bad and who is right and who is wrong in that situation. In my mind, I was the right one. I was the good one. I was the more mentally healthy, pulled together one, responsible one. He was the one that we all had to help, that we all had to manage. Now again, I'm not saying that there might not have been an anger issue. I'm not saying that there were no problems there. But what I'm saying is I failed to look at that negative reverse image. I failed to turn the mirror around and to look at myself. And when I finally did, when I finally got really stinking honest about it, I saw that I was the busybody. I was the one that was interfering. I was the one that was not respecting his boundaries. His anger came up to protect him. It came up to protect his heart. It was a result of some attachment issues and his traumatic background, but it came up to protect him. To scare other people away, so to speak, because he was in over his head and couldn't cope. So instead of honoring or respecting that or asking or getting curious or going deeper, my default was to get closer. What's going on? How can I help? Why are you doing that? Why don't you do this? What about this? We need to talk about it. Back down, back down, back down. And unintentionally aggravate the situation. Now, this is just an example. And just because I saw that shadow in myself doesn't necessarily mean that you have that same shadow because all situations are different. All people are different. All shadows are different. And yes, it stems from something in my past. And while it can be valuable to go to therapy to dig in to understand it, Shadow work and coaching, like I said earlier, is about the here and now and just understanding my behavior right now is a problem. Right now in the here and now, when my husband is angry, when a friend is angry, when a family member is angry, when my kids are angry, leaning in and smothering them and encroaching upon their boundaries is probably not the right 
thing to do. And I can change my behavior now that I see it. As I said earlier, it's that reverse image, that negative image. It's turning that mirror around. And if you're sitting here thinking, this is super cool. I totally get what you're saying, but how do I see my own shadow? How do I really turn the mirror around and know what it is that I'm seeing? Here's a little trick for you. Grab a piece of paper, if you've got it, write it at your laptop, or you can even just think about it. What are the top, oh, three to five things that just irritate you to no end about other people? Is it that they get in your way and slow you down, like traffic, or the people are always late and you're the only one on time, and that they're just always in your way and that you always have to deal with other people and their opinions. What is it that irritates you the most about other people? That they just don't get it. That they move too fast, that they move too slow. Whatever it is, write down the top few things. that irritate you about other people. In particular, your partner. And yes, since this is a show that deals with infidelity, you might be saying, dishonesty, lack of integrity, and a bunch of things like that. But challenge yourself. Is that a theme? Is that a theme throughout your whole life? Do you feel like throughout your whole life, the people around you have not had a lot of integrity? That people have been dishonest all around you? Notice the themes in your life. That keep coming up. That keep repeating. And just write those down. Now, sometimes it can be as simple as saying, yeah, those things that irritate you and other people are the exact same things that are a shadow in yourself. Sometimes it can be that simple. But oftentimes it's one layer deeper or it's one step removed. Like if you were frustrated because everybody around you disrespects your time. They disrespect your time. They disrespect what you do. They don't come home for dinner. They don't show up when they're supposed to show up. They don't do the things that are, and they're disrespecting of your time. Sometimes it is as simple as, are you disrespecting your own time? Are you not putting boundaries up and acting in a way that shows other people that you respect yourself? It's not about being a total hard nose at all, every single moment and having no grace or space. But when people are constantly disrespecting you and disrespecting your time and disrespecting your effort, it's a clue that you're probably disrespecting yourself and your own time and your own efforts. That maybe there should be some stronger boundaries that you set for yourself. That if you say you're going to leave at a certain time, that you will leave at a certain time. Here's another story around that and how that came into play for me. When my boys were little, they were in Boy Scouts. Now, while I would take them when my husband was out of town working, when he was home, he was the primary parent who would go to scouts because it's kind of a guy thing. It's a boy thing. It's a father-son thing. So what would happen on the days 
that we'd have scout meetings. He would come home from work, abrupt, stressed out, because the kids had to get ready and go to scouts and he hated being late. So what would happen is he would come home and he would start barking off commands. Get this. Where's your scout slide? Where's your scarf? Where's your uniform? Why isn't it pressed? Where's your book? I would start getting anxious because that behavior makes me anxious. So I would start running around being the helper and the fixer. Oh, everything's great. Here's the scarf. Here's the thing. I'll go ahead and press this. Here's the book. Here's this. Come on, kids. Come on, kids. Come on, kids. Moving in to my dysfunction. And then he would move into his dysfunction even further. And then the kids would completely fail to cooperate. And then pretty much without fail, he and I would be in a fight because I'd be saying, be nicer to the kids. Stop, stop barking out those commands. Start being angry. And he would say, you're all incompetent. Get everything together. Everybody's a total wreck. Can't you pull anything together? How do you function in life? And then we're in this nasty fight and it's not about the kids and it's not about getting to scouts. It's about us fighting each other. Okay, so break that down. If I would have respected myself more, when he came home on scout days, I would have walked out the door because it wasn't my problem. I would have said to myself, he's a grown man. He can prep in the morning before scouts just as easily as I can. He can leave work 10 minutes early. He can do what he needs to do to solve his problem. He can set boundaries with the kids. He can let them know, be in your uniform, have your book by the door, get your scout slide, get your scout scarf, get all that. He can do it. He's an adult. But instead, I never set that boundary around me that scout night isn't my problem. And that the way you all choose to do it isn't my problem either. I didn't have that boundary. And neither did he. He did not respect his parenting ability enough to tell me, when I walk in, you walk out. Take a bubble bath. Take a walk. Go shopping. Leave. Do something, but don't interfere. So neither of us were setting a boundary. Instead, we just defaulted into this icky, dysfunctional behavior. Where could you set some stronger boundaries right now in your life? Based on what's bugging you. Do you feel like your employer is always taking advantage of you? Is always giving you a last minute assignment? If you feel like you're not being respected at work, you're probably not respecting yourself at work. If you feel like your partner is a jerk, you're probably being a jerk to yourself. You're probably not cherishing and honoring and taking care of yourself the way that you should. And that is a shadow. But as I said earlier, sometimes the shadows go another level deep. To get to that next level, simply ask yourself, why? Why am I not setting boundaries? Why am I not respecting myself? Why am I tolerating this behavior? Why am I tolerating this behavior? And again, because shadow work is all about honesty, when you're really honest answering that question, you'll learn some deep things about yourself. Why am I tolerating this? Because I'm afraid I'll be fired? Because I'm afraid I'm not good enough and that I'm not proving my worth consistently? Because I don't know how. Because I'm afraid of the fight. Because I'm afraid of the conflict. Because, oh my gosh, I'm afraid my partner's really going to do something dangerous and bad to the kids. I mean, whoa, 
If that is truly what you're afraid of, then that brings up a whole other issue. Are you safe? Are your kids safe? Is this a relationship that you need to be in? Why are you tolerating this? Are you afraid that this is the best that you can get? That's something that I hear so often from the women that I work with. If I knew there would be a better relationship out there, I'd be willing to leave, but I'm afraid. I'm never going to find anything. I'm afraid this is it. Wow. Take that a step deeper. You really are afraid that this is all you're worth. That this is as good as it gets. But are you willing to tolerate this? Or are you ready to take that risk to put a stake in the ground and to go for something better or healthy or safe? Play that what if game. What if you put up a boundary at work? What if you get fired? Do you think that's really, really going to happen? What would happen if it did? Do you have options? Are there other jobs in the world? Is there something else you might like to do? What is that belief? That you're at risk all about. Same thing at home. If you're afraid to put up a boundary around a relationship because you're afraid that there'll be a fight, that it'll be uncomfortable, how good is that relationship really? Because in relationships, shouldn't we be able to express who we are and what we want and what we need and what makes us feel comfortable and happy and safe and what makes us feel threatened? And if your relationship is truly not good enough for you to be able to rock the boat and still be safe, is that really the kind of relationship that you want to be in going forward? How can you be brave enough To answer the reasons why you're doing what you're doing. How can you look at all of those positive things that you do? Look at the negative reverse mirror image. And see the potential darkness in those behaviors. And then make a conscious choice to stay in the light around those behaviors instead of moving into the dark. Take a breath. <laughs> Here's a great example of shadows. If you're still thinking, I'm starting to get it, but I really do good work. I really try hard. I've been honest. I've been in integrity. No, I don't see it. Here's what I want you to think about. If you think about the chakra system of the body, there are seven main chakras, and those are the energy wheels in the body. And for example, the root chakra is like around the base of the hips. Its color is red, by the way. And that root chakra is all about grounding and safety and security. The energy is what the energy is. It's good to be grounded. It's good to be safe. It's good to be secure. 
So you want to have enough energy in that chakra to be grounded and safe and secure. But when that energy gets too dense and too mucked down, then it becomes fixed and you become unwilling to take the next step forward because you become fearful. I'm safe right here, right now. Think about women in an abusive relationship. I've handled the beatings before. I can handle it again. I'm not going anywhere. I'm safe here. I can manage this. That can be that too heavy root chakra energy. But then on the flip side of that, of having it too heavy and too mucked up, it can also be one of those things where there's not enough energy there. There's not enough grounding. So you're discombobulated. There's not enough safety. So you're in flight all the time. Freeze is that heavy, not going anywhere. Flight is that blah. healthy root chakra energy is that blending of both of those. And it's that balancing that sometimes you might be in fight. Sometimes you might be in flight. Sometimes you might be in freeze, but it's a balance that you have enough grounding and enough energy around safety to be secure, but not so much that you're rooted and not so little that you're flighty. Every single chakra in the body, it's that same story. The next chakra is the sacral chakra. That's around creativity and sweetness, creation, sensuality. We can have too much creative, sensual energy. We can be too much into sweetness and joy that nothing gets done and our home falls apart around us and we can't hold a job because we're just la 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 land. We can have too little of that energy where nothing is good and nothing is creative and it's just very left brain logical, dry, parched, boring, no living. And then we can have that right balance. And of course, right balance means sometimes we go a little bit too far one way, then we pull back a little bit and we go a little not far enough in another way. But that's that shadow. It's looking at where am I in this? What am I covering with sweetness and light and sugar that's really toxic? And what am I really being honest about? Esther Hicks, who channels Abraham Hicks, always uses this analogy. And I love it so much because it so perfectly describes shadow work. She says, it's so important to remain positive, to look at what you want instead of what you don't want. And I agree. She says it's really important to not necessarily look at what's happening in the here and now, but to keep your eyes trained on the future and about what you want so you know that the direction that you're moving in. But she cautions, if you were in your car and your gas gauge was moving towards empty and moving towards empty and then it finally hit empty, You wouldn't take a smiley face sticker and stick it over the empty gas gauge because you didn't want to see an empty tank. Because if you did that, that's a spiritual bypass. That's sugarcoating stuff. And what's going to happen is you're going to run out of gas and you're going to crash. You're not going to be able to go anywhere because you're out of gas. So no, you don't want a spiritual bypass. You want to really look at what's going on inside of you. What is your defense mechanism? Growing up, we all had roles. Some of us were the clown because we wanted to keep things light and fresh. Some of us were the organized one. Some of us were the train wreck. 
the dumb one. Some of us were the pretty one who was dingy but pretty. We all played a role. And sometimes that role was a role that we played to cover something that we weren't ready to admit. Like, oftentimes the class clown is in a lot of pain. They're facing a bad situation at home. And it's so hard to actually acknowledge it and verbalize it that they'd rather just act out, be the clown, be something else. So nobody will know. I always find it so ironic when a politician, a politician especially, who's always up there talking about like family values and all of these things that they believe in, blah, 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 blah. And the next thing you know, there's a scandal and they're accused of having an affair, child pornography, something very untoward that they have been actively preaching against, actively speaking against, that they're like known for. And you go, well, that was weird. That doesn't make any sense. Actually, it makes perfect sense because that's hiding the shadow. The shadow is the bad behavior. They know that it's the bad behavior. So on a subconscious level, they're compensating for it. They're talking about just the opposite. So everybody will believe that, yes, they're totally into family values. They're totally into this. This is not something they would do at all. That's shadow work. Not only is shadow work something that we need to do individually by looking at that reverse negative image, by turning the mirror on us and thinking about all the things that bug us about other people, and what does that say about us? My husband's anger bugged me more than anything. What does that say about me? It didn't say that I was an angry person. But it said that I didn't know how to deal with anger. And I was afraid of rejection. And then in the face of anger, I would start working. I would go into, I was actually like a fight mode because I was going to pull everybody close and I was going to fix it. It said something about my self-worth. It said something about my fear. What bugs you about other people and what does that say about you? I'm happy to talk with you about your shadow. I'm happy to help you go one step deeper. If you want to reach out, please reach out. Laura at LauraCheadle.com or you can find me across social. L-O-R-A at L-O-R-A-C-H-E-A-D-L-E dot com. But in the meantime, see what you can do in yourself. And here's the interesting thing. I said, yes, we can see shadows in other people. We all know the people that have ulterior motives. We all know the people that are doing things and aren't really aware of what it is that we're doing, they're doing. When you see it in others, know that it's in you too, because otherwise you wouldn't see it in others. If you see others as being manipulative, it means that you know how to manipulate. That's a bitter pill to swallow. If you see others gossiping, you know how to gossip. We see in others what is in ourselves. And now here's the little truth bomb around it. It's kind of like a reverse shadow. Part of the reason that I never saw my husband's infidelity, even though arguably it was in my face multiple times, was because I don't have dishonesty in me. I don't have deceit in me. And I didn't see it in him. Now there's other things that I saw in him that I certainly do have in me. But oh boy, I don't like to admit that. 
I don't like to admit that there's a lot of fear around anger. And that maybe that fear is even covering my own unfelt and unexpressed anger. That when I see other people doing things that just frustrate me, when I see people who are locked into their fixed position and I can't understand how they can't see another point of view, I know that that must be somewhere in me or I wouldn't see it and wouldn't feel it. So I challenge you to continually go back to that list of things that irritate you and others. Flip that mirror around and see how and where and when that shows up in you. And then what's most important about that is to change it in the here and now, to recognize it in the here and now. To recognize it in the here and now so you can stay conscious and aware and awake and choose differently. You're not spiritually bypassing and throwing sugar on it and making it all good. You don't necessarily have to completely unearth the entire past. You just simply have to stay awake and aware and conscious in the moment about what's happening, why and what you are going to do right now that might make things different. Because, as Socrates says, know thyself. When you know yourself, you can figure out what's really going on. You can change your behavior. You can change your relationships. You can change your life. And you can get to that point finally, once and for all, where you are no longer tolerating anything that you don't want to tolerate. You're no longer settling for anything less than exactly what you deserve. You're setting your standards. You're setting your boundaries. And you're effortlessly enforcing them and receiving all that you desire. Because you're so clear about who you are and what you want. Like I said, please reach out. I love doing shadow work. Don't put a little happy face sticker over it. Get into it and see it and admit it. And be brutally honest to yourself about yourself. Reach out. Have an amazing week. And as usual, always remember to flaunt exactly who you are because who you are is always more than enough. Tune in next time to Flaunt. Find your sparkle and create a life you love after infidelity or betrayal with radio host and live choreographer Laura Cheadle every Wednesday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Develop naked self-worth and reclaim your confidence, enthusiasm, and joy so you can create a life you love and embrace who you are today. Download your free Sparkle Through Betrayal Recovery Guide at NakedSelfWorth.com. 